Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Bible Quest, the Tuesday edition. Really glad you're with us today. We're here to talk about the Bible and its relevance for today. Uh, looking forward to our discussion. We've got some uh, interesting topics lined up for you. Uh, before we get to our panelists, though, I uh, want to uh, encourage you to go to BibleQuest.tv. We want to hear from you if you have questions or comments, things that you want to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about the things that you're interested in and see what God's Word has to say about that. Uh, today, we have with us Scott Smelser. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. Special guest, Fred Singleton. Yeah, and Fred, you're from uh, from South Carolina, is that right? Yes, sir. The good old southern state of South Carolina, located <laughs> in Aiken. <laughs> glad you're with us. Really glad you're with us. Uh, Scott said he met you a few weeks back. Uh, he was down that way and uh, said, good man, lots of good things to share. And you've got some interesting things to share with us today from Luke 24, uh, not just with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, but just several good applications for us. So you want to get us started with that? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity of being with you, you brethren, today to study God's word. So, so rich and so important. Uh, and as you said, yeah, we had a little bit of time getting to know Brother Scott. He was with us about two weeks ago, um, participated in our one day Bible uh, conference, and we spoke about eternity matters. And we really appreciate his efforts and um, his love for truth and his love for the Bible. And so we thank you. Thank, thanks God and the brethren for allowing us and his family to borrow him. But as you said, uh, Justin, um, if you have your Bibles, let's go over to the book of Luke, the 24th chapter, because uh, to me, there are a lot of passages in God's word that I am excited about. But I think in the book of uh, Luke, the 24th chapter, it's one of those passages, or at least this chapter is filled with so many vital information as it relates to Jesus Christ, the establishment of his church, um, things that happened post his resurrection. And I like to think of it as the story continues, because prior to that, uh, our, our Savior was delivered up, as the prophet said. He was crucified. And uh, you remember when he was on earth, he taught, he, he had uh, disciples that he taught and instructed them for three years. And there were others who came to Jesus who knew he was the son of God by the miracles he performed, by his words, how he, he presented the scriptures, the Old Testament, and how he directed their minds to God. And, and he came to seek and to save the lost. And then we see a transition that's taking place that is so exciting to me that often maybe it's missed. And that is after Jesus' resurrection, we see some, some, some trouble or some concern about Jesus, what happened to him? Um, this Messiah that we were looking to come and free us um, from the oppression of the Romans, uh, those who follow him closely begin to have some, some seem like some doubt. And then we see um, Jesus appears on the scene and he deals with that. So, but before we do that, what I like to do is, is to have uh, our brother Scott and yourself to join me in reading a few passages of scriptures to kind of set us up and then we'll kind of go um as as time permits through through the text and and discover some things and what i want to begin is is looking at um verse four if i can get scott to look at verse four uh down to verse six uh let's read through that and then let's have a little discussion about that that section there okay this is when the women get there and while they were perplexed about this behold two men stood by them in dazzling apparel 
And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. I find that fascinating. I don't know about you all, but the question that was posed by the angels, that was posed by these angelic beings from heaven, ask these followers of Christ, why do you seek the living among the dead? Have you ever considered that, ever thought about that, that question? How would you answer that if you were asked were asked that question? If I'd been one of them, I'd, I'd say, if I if I said it out loud, we saw him dead. Right. We saw him taken down. We saw him buried. This is his tomb. When you go to somebody's tomb, you're not expecting to see somebody living. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 when you think about that, Justin, when you think about the fact that these individuals, do you think based on the burial process that they were returning to kind of maybe tighten up some things that was lacking and. Um, maybe they weren't really thinking about what Jesus spoke about concerning his resurrection. What do you think? Yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. Is um, they are they are going to do what is the proper thing? You know, they're going to go and help uh, finish the preparations for the body. It was a rush job because it was right there at the beginning of the Sabbath, and so as soon as Sabbath day is over, they're they're coming together to to finish the job. But it's like what Jesus had told them was just. The, the shock of the crucifixion, the shock of their Messiah, their teacher dying, um, had just kind of driven those thoughts away. And, and they're not even thinking about what he had said is, I'll be raised again in three days. Um, so yeah, the angels here are expecting them to remember, like he is alive, you should know this. Uh, and I'm, I'd be with Scott, I'd be like, no, we saw him die. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. So we all would agree that's a natural. It probably will be a natural thing for us as humans to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to, to think like that and respond in a way. But as you brought up the point, you, you used the term "remember," you know, and, and I think it's fascinating that as Christians, sometimes we will forget. We will yep. forget. What, are they, what, what is it? What is it that they are to remember? Let's go back to the text, if you will, Scott, uh, 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 brother uh, Justin. Go ahead and look at verse seven. Um, uh, through eight again. Let's look at verse seven and eight. Yeah. So they're saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And, and, and the response, verse nine says, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, when I think about that that section about remembering, maybe it could have been doubt or, you know, sometimes we have so much things in life that comes um, to us or at us, and it causes us to forget about God's promises. It, it causes us to forget uh, God's word and that what he says is true, that it will come to pass. Maybe we get caught up. All of us are family men, I, I, I'm assuming, right? We're family men. Um, I, I have a secular job, um, and, and sometimes I get, cut up, get caught off in the hustle and bustle, right? And I forget who I am, or could possibly forget. I don't try to do it on purpose, but try to be faithful to the Word of God. But there are times in my life that I can recall that I need to be reminded of what is important, 
I need to be reminded of the fact that Jesus is alive. And, and, and based on their, their relationship, the time they spent with Jesus, we would say they should have remembered this. He was not just going to go in a tomb. That was a part of it. But he was going to rise from the grave. And I think that is so fascinating to me that even Luke said, if you look in the book of Luke, there was a reason why Luke made this statement over, I'm not Luke, if you please, First Peter, I believe it is. It's First Peter, where Peter says something about reminding the brethren. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Peter says, and I think it's Second Peter chapter, chapter 1. I'm going to turn over to Second Peter. Because even in this disciple example in life, we find if we can turn there real quickly and look at God, if you can read verses 12 to 13 there, Second Peter. Second Peter 1, 12 to 13. Second, yeah, yes, sir. All right. And Justin, if you beat me to it, go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got it here. Uh, okay. Peter says, I, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it's right as long as I'm in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. Yeah. We're not going to always remember. I have a hard time remembering my day-to-day tasks sometimes. And so what this tells me is that I need to make certain that I stay so close to God's word that I don't forget the purpose of his word. And I also need to be mindful of the fact that uh, Scott is, uh, uh, Justin, as, as we think through this, that sometimes, again, life will take us away from the things that we need to be remembering and be committing ourselves to. Justin? Yeah, just, just real quick, and then, Scott, you've got a thought, too. But um, I was talking with a, an older brother. Uh, I'm, I'm visiting some family in Alabama, and I was talking with an older brother uh, who's been preaching for a long time. And we were just talking about the need to keep preaching simple. Um, I, when I was younger, I used used to want to find something new and interesting and exciting to share with people from God's word, something that no one had ever heard before. Yeah. And that scares me now. <laughs> if I find something new that no one's ever heard before, it's <laughs> um, probably false. Um, but uh, it's often the same old truths that we just forget and we need to be reminded again and again. And Jesus had told his disciples again and again, and as he's going to be reminded too on the road uh, to Emmaus, uh, these were things that were from the old covenant teaching. The prophets had had talked about these things, and oftentimes we just don't pay attention. And even if we were, like you said, we get caught up, and we need to be reminded. So Peter's the, the way Peter goes about trying to stir people up is just telling them things that they already know. There's there's nothing wrong with old preaching that just tells people the old truths that we forget. Scott, what did you have? And in, in Timothy and Titus, like Second uh, Timothy 2, verse 14, remind them of these things. Uh, Titus, right. remind them to do this. And then there's a reminder in Titus 3, 3. We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray. Uh, Peter, in the second Peter, it mentions nearsighted people who forget the cleansing of their old sins. And it's true that all three of us as, as evangelists, uh, you know, if you research something and find something that most people haven't noticed, it is interesting and exciting to find something and share that with people. 
and and sometimes we're informing people, but think how much of our work is reminding people of what they already know. And think of how much of what we need is to be reminded of what we already know. And what did the Lord tell us to do every first day of the week? Do this. In remembrance, yeah. Yeah. In remembrance. In remembrance. Oh, none of us knew that. We all know it. What we need to do is be reminded of it and remember it. Absolutely. And when you think about that, as you look back at verse eight, you see their reaction. They were reminded. And what did they do? What was their response when they were reminded of these truths? What was their response? The Bible says that they returned. They returned or returning from the tomb. They told all these things to the 11 and the rest. And it mentions the ladies that were there in verse 10. And, and then verse 11. Here, I believe you can compare the reaction, early reaction to the women that was at the tomb to the response of those who they told. Verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. I don't know about you. You can remind somebody of something that is of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of God. And you will find even among brethren, they will respond in this way, idle. They don't believe it. They don't, they don't act on it. They don't move forward in changing their life to be in accordance with the word of God. And I find that very fascinating that, again, you have a group of individuals who walk with Jesus, who witness his miracles, who um, had witnessed the fact that it was clear in many different areas of his life that no doubt he was a son of God. And yet they were told he was going to rise from the grave. If they were faithful to the, to the prophets, if they were faithful to the law of Moses, Isaiah spoke of it. We find other places in, in, uh, in Jeremiah, they spoke of the, the coming of the Messiah in Psalms. We find that. And yet, they did not believe it at first, but we did. We do see that Peter he responded. He ran to the tomb, um, and and also in the other account we find that John um, joined him as well. But then we get getting to the the part of uh, Luke twenty four that I think is very fascinating as well, and that is um, these two individuals on the road to Emmaus um, um, and their reaction when they. Uh, witness the things that happened to Jesus and, and, and their response to it after Jesus um, was revealed to them. So if you will, let's get into, if there's nothing else, we'll move forward to this next next section, a section uh, of our reading and, and talk about that. Sounds great. All right. So um, let's break up the few, uh, the first three verses here, um, verses 13 through 15, and, and then, or, if you please, verse 15, yeah, verse, 15, verse 13 through 15. Let's begin there, um, uh, Justin or Scott, and then we'll, we'll discuss that. Go ahead, Justin. All right, yeah, so verse 13, Luke 24, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. 
All right. So the context here is is, is that they are journeying journeying into this this place of Emmaus, which is seven miles from Jerusalem. Now that is important. Think about that uh, because later on we're going to see something significant that's going to happen. The response, right? Uh, once they have been enlightened, once they have come to the uh, full understanding and their hearts, um, as it would say, burn within them, you see this excitement about this good news. And I think we should have this type of excitement, be ready to tell people, be ready to run, be ready to express. And they were a distance. <laughs> they didn't have a car, but they were willing to make that journey back. And I think it's so important when you contrast to contrast that with the fact that they did not want Jesus to to depart. Hey, hey, it's getting kind of noon. The day's coming to an end. Hey, let's let's kind of like uh, uh, take it in for the night, if you please. But then when Jesus revealed himself, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll, we'll, we'll wait to get there. All right. So let's get into verse 16. It says, but there, but, but, um, but they drew, let me get my glasses here. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him and said to them, what is this conversation that you are uh, holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Why do you suppose they were sad? Well, it's like they're going to explain in a minute. We had hoped <laughs> that, that he was the one that would redeem Israel. You know, and it's, you get excited, you get excited, and then it doesn't happen. Um, this happens on so many levels, you know, of, of lesser important things, you know. Uh, you think you're going to get a job, it falls through. More serious thing, you're expecting a baby, and then there's a stillbirth. There's, you know, bad news is bad news, but when it's followed by what you thought was going to be good news, and the good news is ripped away from you, and they're sad. And what was it that they you 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 hit on something, Scott? That's uh, significant. And what was it that they were hoping for? Um, and we find that when we when we read, um, for, we continue to read their response there just in verse 18. All right. Then one of them named Cleopas answered it. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Now, when I step back and I look at this, I look at the totality of the statement here. There's so much packed into that verse that I think when I, I like to take a little bit of time to think about. The response there, to me, is kind of like, are you ignorant? I mean, they, they didn't seem like they were being impolite, but they, they were very, they were perplexed. Like, listen, first of all, the Roman authority, these guys are brutal. You must have just showed up to Jerusalem because there's no way you could have been in Jerusalem and not understood the commotion and what was going on, what was taking place, the crucifixion. Uh, you know, the Romans didn't do anything half-hearted, if you please. The the public spectacle, you know, it was clear, and all this and and, and all of this happened. Um, where were you? <laughs> Are yeah. you new? And and I think that that's really. Um, also speaks volume to their their thought process that the deed was done 
He was, as you said, Scott, they were hoping for something. Look at verse 21. Let's read verse 21 because you kind of tapped into that. Or oh, actually, let's back up a second. Look at verse 19 and one uh, because it gives you a little bit of the things that they were thinking about. All right, I'll read 19 through 21. And he said, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. To, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all of this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Now, that's a lot there. The first thing that I think is interesting is their response. The response was, listen, Jesus, they were correct concerning the person that was crucified, Jesus. And how is Jesus described according to them? He's described as, as what? A man, a uh, prophet, he's mighty in his deeds. Um, you know, he, he was, it was great among the people, but then he was delivered over to death. Uh, and not just delivered over to death, but delivered over and the leaders of the Jewish people betrayed him uh, and, and killed him. So um, there's, there's this social, cultural kind of angst happening here too. The Romans are the enemies, but now our own people are the enemy too. That's a good point there. That's a real good point. When you think about other places in scriptures, did people have a misunderstanding about who Jesus was? When you think about like Peter, you, you remember um, when um, we go back to the book of, of uh, Mark, it is, where Jesus asked, who do men say the son of man is? What was sort of responses? What, what, some people's perception of Jesus, who Jesus was. Some thought it was Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Some thought it was John the Baptist. Absolutely. And and and, and those Sorry. individuals, go ahead. No, go ahead, Scott. I might be confusing that with who they thought John the Baptist was on the Elijah part, but they definitely mentioned Jeremiah, one of the prophets, or John the Baptist. Right. And, and so... They, that is those two disciples, Cloyphus is one, he's mentioned, the other one is not mentioned, but they had a, a perception about who Jesus was, was correct that he was the son of the living God. I, well, it was correct that he was a prophet, but he was much more than a prophet. Next found in Matthew, I misspoke earlier, I said Mark 16, but in Matthew chapter uh, 16 is where we find that um, the, the confession of, of Jesus by Peter, and, when I, when, and I want to go back there real quickly and just read that. And it says in Matthew 16, verse 13, uh, and Jesus asked the question, he says, uh, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some says John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now I read that and I think about their, their, their response may have or should have been what? Jesus is a son of God. He rose from the grave. But that wasn't their response. Uh, I'm sure that they were taught that. I'm sure that at least at, at some point, it's, it would seem to me that Jesus, at least the, the fact that he was 
what has been communicated now, whether they believe that, whether they needed to be taught that, and it needed to be confirmed. We see later on as Jesus meets with them that they were so excited that they knew that in fact, knew that he was in fact the son of the living God because of the response of, of, of being open, the eyes being open, the hearts being open, they returned to the disciples and they revealed to them what they had saw, what they or revealed to them um, seeing Jesus and, and being there with Jesus. Give me just one moment, please. So in, in Luke 24, these two, um, I don't know, Scott, when you see verse 21, we had hoped. And then besides all this, it says now it's the third day since these things happened. Uh, it doesn't say that it's clicking for them, but I'm wondering if they're going back and they're remembering Jesus had told them the, the timeline that it would be three days and he'd be raised from the dead. And these are not the apostles. These are some other disciples. Okay. I don't know that all of the disciples hmm. would have heard all of the predictions. So Jesus told more than once that he would die uh, and rise. In Luke's gospel, it mentions but this, this was hidden from them. But some of the other disciples, like these guys, might not have heard all that. But they have heard, as we're about to see, that so we've heard that some of the women went to the tomb. Uh, in yeah. chronology, when Peter makes yes. that confession, of course, chronologically wise, Jesus hasn't died yet, hasn't risen yet. But Peter gets right, you are the Christ mm -hmm. of the living God, and Jesus commends him. But right. then when Jesus starts talking about, I'm going to have to go die, Peter says, no way, that's not going to happen. Because he, he's got a different image in mind of what the Christ is going to do. He doesn't understand yet. And, and correct, and 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 you said something. I heard you, Scott, and I wanted wanted to clarify on that as well. Is that, you know, not everybody may have have learned those truths, and these individuals may not have learned these truths. But the point that I, I was trying to get at is that people had different views about who Jesus was, even in the time, even though chronologically, when we go back to where um, we read in Matthew chapter chapter um, sixteen, people had different views of Jesus and what he was, what he came to do, what he accomplished. Some knew. And these individuals, I don't know how much they knew, but what, what was interesting is the fact that they referred to him as a prophet, but he was much more than that. We know that because we're on the other side of the story. Um, right. The Holy Spirit has revealed to us much more, and that's the point. So the journey to faith is making certain that we know who Jesus is. Yep. As we journey in faith, we need to know who Jesus is, have a complete understanding is the point I was making. They will come to a complete understanding of who Jesus was. And it's so important today in our society, people have all different type of views about who Jesus is. And the only way that you and I can have a correct view of who Jesus is, is going to God's word. Wouldn't you agree? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Right. So there, there, there is that that is so important. So Jesus, then you, you use the word faith come by hearing, hearing the word of Christ. What did Jesus do to begin to explain who he was? And to confirm who he wants, he began where? Let's go down to, uh, let's see, let me find my place here. Uh, but verse uh, verse 27. Beginning with scriptures. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. 
Go ahead and read that. Yeah. Um, I'll begin in verse 25. That's all right. Uh, you yes, know, they yes. said, we don't know what's going on. And so he said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then in verse 27, he says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Jesus could have just declared that he was, but I find it very fascinating that he he appealed to the scriptures. Yeah. He appealed to the word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that's such a wonderful example. Um, and to me, I don't know about you all, but when it comes to inspiration, and, you know, God could have, like I said, revealed to them in, in many different ways. I'm not going to try to guess and speculate but what, what is impressive to the reader, to the Bible student, is Jesus' respect for the word of God and how that he carried them through the, the word to prove. And if they were familiar with it, they would have come to the conclusion that the things that happened was in fact true and that he himself was the very individual that the prophet spoke about. What's your thoughts about that? Which as it relates to that it, that, that how it dovetails, because when you first started asking a question a minute ago, my mind went to Romans 1, 4, where it says mm. this was declared to be the Son of God by the resurrection of the dead. And that's certainly a huge, huge part of it. But in this conversation, the what you're bringing out is, He's not just starting with, hey, look at me, I'm alive. He's starting with, hey, look at the scriptures. This is what had to happen. The, the Christ had to die, you know, in, in this. And, and he's showing from the prophecies how this all happened. And so you have the prophecies and the fulfillment coming together. Absolutely. And there was no doubt about that um, in, in, in how complete it was and Jesus, his his conversation with them about who he is. So if I'm having a, co a conversation with someone about uh, who Jesus is, I like to let Jesus answer it. <laughs> he does here, you know, he does, he answered who he was. And so there's no speculation there. There's some people today, they believe that Jesus was a good man. They believe that Jesus was a prophet. Um, some religious orders believe that Jesus uh, was a created being. Um, and other different and many other um, ideas. But if we're going to accept the scriptures for what it's worth, then I think we need to stand on what Jesus reveals here. And again, that he was 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 the um, prophet. But then let's go to this this word here. He uses an interesting word here. I want to get some thoughts about that. He says, "Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe." What do you think, Jesus? is saying here um when he when he when he makes this statement oh foolish ones slow of heart to believe all the prophets hmm. have spoken hmm. i i think i don't want to be too hard on him because you know i might have been the slow ones <laughs> and slow of heart um but you see it different in different people one of the quickest was nathaniel He's the opposite. He starts off skeptical. Is anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, it says, come and see. 
and he's willing to. Jesus says, there's an Israelite, truly, in whom there's no God. He says, what do you know about me? And he says, before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree. And we don't know what he was doing or praying or thinking or whatever under the fig tree, but Philip knew, and then he knew Jesus knew, and he goes, you're the Holy One. You're the Son of God. Bam. And Jesus said, because I said, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You can't see bigger things than that. But then other times, you know, it's Peter is is going to be, you know, in the courtyard saying he doesn't even know him because he's going to lose <laughs> So, yeah, it's a wide range, Justin. What? And you think uh, the, the process of their hopes being dashed, like you said, they had believed this really good thing, and then turns out they got this bad news instead. So the thing they were hoping for was dashed. Uh, and if you've ever experienced that sort of thing, it's easy to become uh, cynical or skeptical. You, you've been taken in, and so you don't want to be found gullible again. Uh, but there's a difference here where Jesus is saying that the proof is right before you. You know, all of the pieces are lining up, and so we don't we don't want to be um, bamboozled, but Jesus says you're being slow of heart. And so sometimes we're, we're overly cautious. Um, I was, it's just an interesting phrase, slow of heart. I've not really thought much about that phrase before, but um, when it's God's promises, you know, when it's the scripture, that's the foundation for our hope. And we're being slow to believe that, you know, we're, we're on our way to to faithlessness, we're on our way to a doubt that leads away from God and trusting in our own eyes, trusting in our own thoughts. Um, I, I don't want to be slow of heart. I don't want to be gullible. So I don't. I don't know where that that line is there. But but Jesus is going to help them out by just taking them back to the word, yeah. taking them back. Let's line this up, okay? And he's so patient. He's so patient. To I would have loved to have been in that conversation. Uh, show me where you are in the Old Testament, and he just lays it out for him. And we didn't read it. But they said, after they said, we had hoped. Then they say, moreover, some of the women amazed us. They said they went to the tomb and didn't find his body. And the angels said he was alive. Well, some of the good yeah. people been there, but they're not answered yet. Tell you what, uh, to make sure we don't run out of time, because we've got about 11 minutes yet, I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of the text and then come back to Fred. To, to develop for us, but let's get the text out there so that we got it to be discussed. Sure. Uh, so, um, verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's toward evening and the day is far spent. He went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Then they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, how it was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And then, of course, if you read on through the text, while they're discussing, Jesus shows up right there. And I love the phrase, 
they disbelieve joy. How many times has something really wonderful happened and what did you and I say? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We're saying that because we're so excited we see it, but we're having difficulty processing it because it was so much better news than we were expecting. And our, our you know yes. our expectations weren't up there. And now so we're having trouble disbelief for joy. That's one of my favorite expressions in here. But Fred, get us back into the section that we've covered now. And uh yeah. continue bringing the course. Yeah, I love it. I love I love it. And as you said, I, I agree that as a Bible student, sometimes it's easy to read the scriptures like, wow, they didn't believe this. We have all of the story. We have everything. And we got to be very careful not to point out our fingers at individuals, because as you said earlier, Scott, I believe it was you, uh, people at different points and different uh, levels in their life. And as they come to understanding to grow, and even us at this point in time, there's still things that I need to grow and learn. And, and I'm perplexed that God said it. And another point that I think um, was made uh, earlier is um, our expectation is not God's expectation. In yeah. verse 20 of 24, you know, how it says, and how our chief priest and, and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hope. You see, that's the problem. We, don't, we, we need not to get confused our hope, our desire with that of God. God had a purpose. His purpose was going to be accomplished. They thought that that was the end. Hope was lost. No, it wasn't. In fact, your hope um, is going to be refreshed. Your, yep. hope, your hope is going to grow tremendously yep. in just a few moments. It's going to grow. And we sometimes, again, there are tragedies in our life. There are certain things that are happening in our, in our country um, that can bring dissatisfaction. Uh, we, we're not as hopeful as we need to. We think that, well, God is not in control anymore or, or you know, um, maybe uh, some political party takes over or whatever, and we put all our hope in them to change the dynamics in, 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 in our world. That's not it at all. Our hope needs to be in Jesus Christ, anchored in him and his word. And then uh, something else that was said earlier, and that is um, we, we, we looked at the word, they, they were slow of heart. Now, sometimes this could be uh, negligent on our part. We, we don't want to believe God's word. We just reject it, reject it. Totally out, we outrightly reject God's word. Then there's some. Then there's times where we we. How would I say it? We lack understanding, and we we need to grow. We know God has said it, but we don't take God at His word. We're not taking God at His word. And um, as as a Christian, I need to take God at His word. And 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 if I don't take God at His, at his word. It leads to a delay response. It leads to a delay response, and 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 we can see this in, in every aspect of our lives. That is true. Now, when we move forward to the point that Jesus is talking to them, and they say to G they said to Jesus, um, "Go back to uh, verse twenty-eight." They, they draw near to the village. Verse twenty-nine. It says, "But they urged him strongly, staying, uh, saying, stay with with us.'" for it's towards evening and the day is now far spent. And so it says that, that Jesus dined with them. I would have loved, you, 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 someone made the point, you would love to have been present, right? I would have loved to have been present with, with them dining, communing with Jesus. You know, Christians have that blessing every first day of the week to commune with the Lord, to dine with him. 
And, it, and, and when I read this now, in, in light of the fact that Jesus is a resurrected Savior who sits at the right hand of God, and I have the opportunity to commune with him, you know, be reminded of his death, his burial, his resurrection, such a beautiful thing. But when you look at their response when they broke bread with the Lord, verse 31 says what? Their eyes were open. Have you ever come to um, a realization of a biblical truth? You knew it. You knew it for many years, right? You thought you did. You, you, were, you, you had a good understanding of that scriptures. But then you had new insight or that or really maybe not new insight, but really the depth of God's word really open your mind to see to, to really see um, what you should have saw years before. I don't know if you ever experienced that, but just to read God's word and says, God, oh wow, you have said this for a long time. Now, let me give you an example of this. Um in the book of Job, it speaks of how Satan wanted to shift, or at least the idea of Satan wanted to take advantage of Job and, 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 and sift him, right? He wanted to take advantage of Job. And then we read of Peter, and you remember Jesus said to Peter, he said um, that Satan want to, 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 to uh, sift you, right, like wheat, but he prayed for Peter. And when I was reading that, my mind exploded. Why? Because Satan is still working. He's doing whatever he can to destroy the faith of the faithful. And he's going to take advantage, as the Bible says, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a lion looking to see whom he can devour. And sometimes we get busy and we, and we forget that he's the enemy. And, um, and so I was just like, wow, you know, this is just fascinating that Satan, he, he actually was after Peter. He was after, and he's after God's people. But as we go back to the fact that when their hearts were open or their minds were open, what was their, their, their response? They recognized Jesus and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? Have you ever had that moment when you read God's word and you were enlightened? And you... And you and, and and you just wanted to share that with your wife, with your children, with brethren. It's it's such a beautiful thing. And I know we're running out of time. And the thing, the last thing I, I want to mention, I guess, here is is the fact that they were they they had uh they were seven miles away from Jerusalem. We read earlier where it was towards evening, but then there were a lot of places. Let's get in our car, right, and return back to Jerusalem. Now, uh, I don't know how they got back there, but they returned to Jerusalem. And, and I, just, I just think of the energy behind the fact that they were enlightened and the energy caused them to, to, to go and compel them to move. Yeah. And I think that uh, that should be an example to us. Yeah. Scott? Yeah. Justin, you had a comment. Yeah, just um, Jesus' behavior is very strange <laughs> here. And he comes up and says, what are you guys talking about? And I said, well, haven't you heard about these things that have happened? No, what things? And he just, the way he's interacting with them and they, he starts telling them and expounding to them the scriptures about the Messiah. And then they get to the village and he acts like he's just gonna walk on by and just keep going. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on there, but it, maybe 
maybe it's that Jesus is is not going to force himself on us. But yeah. You, you ever been caught in a conversation with someone, and maybe I'm revealing more about myself than anything, but you're caught in a conversation mm-hmm. with someone, you're thinking, how do I get out of this conversation? Like, how do I, you know, you know if, you're, like, if you're on the bus with somebody and like, oh man, I'm not getting off for another half hour, but this guy's on here. I just, he's talking my ear off. I'm going to get off real quick and get on another bus. And, <laughs> you know, some people are just like, they just talk, talk, talk. And here's Jesus. And he's been talking, talking, talking with them for hours now. And he acts like he's just going to keep on going. And they say, no, 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 no. No, we want to keep hearing. We love what you're telling us. You know, come and stay with us. And, and he has endeared himself to them because he's, like you said, he's opened their eyes. Um, I just, I think we've got to get to that point then where, the more Jesus tells us about himself, the more we want him, the more we want to hear him. Uh, I've, I've not heard enough about Jesus. I want to see him more. I want to draw more closely to him. And it reminds me of Moses who had seen God's glory and the miracles and all these things. And then he gets to the mountain uh, at Sinai and says, I want to see more. You know, I want to see your glory. And, and that's where we need to be is we want to see more of Jesus. Scott? Yeah, a couple final comments. A, a small word, but it's kind of an important word. When they said, are you the only one that hadn't heard about this? Jesus didn't say, no, what things? Because, of course, Jesus did know. But he didn't say no, but he's letting them develop. Right. What things? And like you said, he he's... Gee, I, Justin, you heard me uh, a few months ago uh, making some points in a lecture about the importance of teaching with questions. And I went through and I counted up how many hundreds of times Jesus asked questions. And mm-hmm. I, helpful in our teaching, when we let people see it for themselves, instead of rushing to just tell them in advance, it's mm-hmm. powerful. And Saul of Tarsus having to think about three days, what he'd done before Ananias came, gave him the chance to think about it. And just to process and see it for, and, Wow, the resurrection was a lot more powerful for people who had just witnessed the crucifixion. And sinners understanding the problem of sin, when they understand the bad news, they're going to more appreciate the good news. And Jesus lets us go through the some of those valleys so that we can enjoy the mountaintop view. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's probably about all the time we have for today. But but Fred, I've been so blessed for this conversation. Uh, thanks for yes, coming thank on and encouraging us with this. Thank you all. Appreciate the time that we've had in the in the Word of God. All right. Well, and, and if you're tuning in today, whether live or you're going to be listening to this later on your drive home from work or you're sharing it with your family, we just want to say thank you for tuning in. And if you found this to be helpful, please uh, share it with other people. Uh, Join us at BibleQuest.tv and share some comments or some questions you have. We'd love to get your input on future discussions. But Lord willing, we'll be on next Tuesday at 2. Look forward to seeing you then.